0: Welcome to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective presented to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome once again to another edition of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. I'm Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we've had an interesting week. Uh, essentially, after recording last week's podcast, in the middle of it, our computer basically took a dump. It went in to torpor. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much done for, uh, to be fair. The computer is now sitting on the floor, resting peacefully. Uh, we're going to try to extract some information off of it, and then let it off into the wild blue yonder. And uh, you may have noticed if you follow us on Twitter, if you follow us on Facebook, that we have a GoFundMe page. So we've, uh, we've resorted to internet beggary. Hopefully replace our computer. Right now, we're working on one that we borrowed from a friend, and it's great it's, for now. It's a
1: loner. It is. It is a loner. Loners take money. Just and, to <laughs>
0: right, and uh, loners also get taken back, <laughs> and they get taken back without notice. So, if you'd like to help us to reach our goal to get a new computer, please check out our GoFundMe page. You can find that on our Twitter. You can find that on our Facebook. You can find that uh, the link at utilitymuffinlabs.com. So this week we are going to be reviewing a another city book but it's a little bit more than that. It's called Dark Colony and it is a it's like a New England book.
1: Straight up New England book. So the
0: the uh places where we're going to be exploring are going to be Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut and Rhode Island.
1: All those collectively New England.
0: Yep. And uh, they go over, uh, you know, right from the beginning, like most of their city books do. This one seems a little bit more uh, involved. Obviously, it's going to be because it goes over those small states.
1: I believe I mentioned in the previous podcast, this book is complex. I mean, it really gets into, it takes away the kid, the kid gloves. There's no wondering about what was the history beforehand? Why are they doing what? What's going on? They give it to you. They give it to you. No trivia. you're, You're thrown in the deep end. And you get to play, like if you're going to do a story in this city, it lets you know right where your player is going to end up being, provided you use the book as canon. As always, if you choose to use it as an idea and, you know, pick it apart like your buffet, feel free, but you would do it a disservice. Because to me, it's a book written to showcase politics across centuries, also to tell different individual stories as well as group political stories and cross political stories from sect to sect. Absolutely. And uh, they go over uh,
0: things like references. Of course, uh, in fiction, it's important to note that uh, they they give you H.P. Lovecraft, uh, especially the Dunwich horror and the shadow over Innsmouth. So that gives you a little key indicator. Hopefully they talk about the mood and it's one of confusion, tension and madness. And uh, those are some of the elements that we're definitely going to explain. And they get into each of these individual states. They give you a nice little map of New England. And they give you some insight into the power structures. They give you uh, insight into some of the major cities. And unlike uh, Chicago by night or New York by night, each of these little areas, each of these states, these small states, are going to have centralized power in a few locations. Um, but it's, it's a lot like going over, like, five or six different city books. And uh, they go into, uh, in Chapter 2, after we get past all of the rigmarole there, we get into the history of New England. Uh, Salem witch hunts, old New England. It goes back all the way to the 16th century and all the important things that go on there.
1: But vampiric. Right. It's not right. telling you about the mortal half at all. It's telling you exactly during those historical events what was going on in New England. That's the point. Right. And it's worth knowing because if you aren't aware of what occurred, um, you're you're gonna be lost. So in the case of New England, it starts where they have the so they are the first to set up to come over and start colonization. And what the Chemir were doing was they were fleeing the madness of Europe, right? Coming out of the Inquisition, burning times, rough and tumble with the Sabat. They decided to squeeze out an existence come right over to to america proper and they land here and when they get here they tell it's one tremere and they tell this elder hey start populating get to get to figuring out she reports back guess what there isn't a whole lot of people here (laughs) (laughs) so i can't (laughs) just start you know she makes the realization you could see it i'll lay the seeds of children i would like by going out and finding these so-called witches people are hunting and she has no problem dodging mortal hunters. Right. Now, I want to stress that. She's a Tremere elder. White Wolf's not wasting time telling you how a vampire would dominate in thaumaturgy. That's an elder. Could dance circles around a community looking for a witch mark. You know, on some girl or someone to blame her for whatever. Dancing circles. So the point here is, is that when she finds the witches, imagine you're this Tremere elder, and yeah they're witches, but they, this covenant gets made they are at each other's throats. Like they talk about how she's trying to cultivate vampires out of these guys and seeing if they're even worthy. And the heated debates, the one-upmanship, the, they just start warring with each other, not in the physical sense, but definitely political Towards about to come to a head. She ends up just embracing a lot of them. Just saying, fuck it here. You're embraced now, right? Calm down. You know, you're, you're in the camp. Welcome to Tremere. Here's real magic. Here's what we do. Cool. I'm teach you it. Here's some stuff. And by the way, that little, whatever relic thing you had that was giving you a bare idea of magic that I was sensing, give it to me. Give it to me. What is it? And it's called the Text of Ur. And that actually relates to a plot in the book that they give you. Really cool. But you know, well, we're not going to get to that because it's obviously a story you can read about. But I think it's important knowing the history because that one Shamir, you know, over a course of like forty years, is forced to embrace this coven she didn't necessarily want, but didn't want to lose that potential to start her power bid and owning it as Tremere. And she comes to find out that I believe it's, I'm almost positive it's in Boston. Um, The Venture had already set up shop. The Venture already came over while she was figuring out, and they have an ironclad grip on a lot of the economics of the territory because of uh, Britain. Britain proper, pushing colonialization, making it part of the empire. And the Bruja had a run-in where they're trying to free everything right and so you gotta understand that this girl she turns around what's her name coventry now coventry had a big decision ahead of her what am i gonna do with this chantry i have one i have apprentices they're kind of still going at it but i need to now make a move and start building a chantry proper again she runs into the venture realizes that's gonna be a problem how do i deal with it or massachusetts it's not quite boston yet but massachusetts what she's trying to deal with and she comes up with this idea well i'll just help the bruja no harm done we help them. They're big into revolutions. This will be great. So it immediately goes into the revolution. We've already skipped several time periods here, right? Right. And this book does it very quickly, too. It's like right. paragraph to paragraph to cut out no bullshit, tell you how the Chimera rising to power here and also falling very quickly. Right. So right. Coventry works with the Bruhad to wrest control from the Ventru, and she gets that alliance kind of going, but remember that, because the venture is still locked stock. Because there's no real report of progress, And her antics are kind of heavy handed. They send this guy Baladin to sort her out. And Baladin's this no bones about it, Tremere nightmare elder. Like they basically make him sound like if you get, I got the image of if a Tremere decided to make a pilgrim style witch hunter, but make him a a Tremere, that's kind of what he reminds me of in terms of reputation. Somebody'd be terrified to sit in front of him and have to talk to and explain yourself. Right. He comes over, she gets word of it. And does something very untramere-like, like unheard of, but very elder-like, by the way. When she sees this dude, she realizes that the Manchester Chantry that she comes from has decided to send him to bring her to heal, And he was under orders to bring her back alive, like bring her back and that's that. Well, she says, hell no. And they get a world, <laughs> like a world, but a, a masquerade breaking brawl.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It violated it in spectacular fashion.
1: And who knows, right? It would have been fireballs, floating, witches, who, you name it. They did it all. And both survived, but both took losses. Like, we're we're injured pretty good. And at that point, she sent the torpor for a year. She chooses to flee, lets her chantry be what it is, because she yeah. didn't really care about them anyway. They were assholes. And she takes their attacks and goes to sleep for one year. In that one year, this Bowden guy gets orders from Manchester, and they're like, hey, what's the progress report? He tells them, hey, this is everything she did. And they're like, well, guess what? Bring her back alive. We told you that. Get make, get 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 to making this happen. What are you there for? Right. And he's like, Yeah, I'll get to it. And He decides to lay the seeds for his own conquest. So if you think about it, we told you heavy clan politics in the beginning of this too. That's pretty heavy. You know, that's that's you're working within your clan, but you're still serving your own ends. You're very much an elder, your rival that you're opposing. You're kind of stepping on their empire. You're trying to wrest control from them to gain all the power, influence, and credit for it. Right. That's the point. And so Baladin expects her to be down for the count, well, forever. Right. She's, she's not. <laughs> so reference to time, uh, I, I kind of jumped ahead, but mention the revolution. When Coventry wakes up, she seeks out these bruhat and says, hey, you know, I helped you in the past. Helped you again. Why don't you help me out now? Blah, 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 blah. Let's get rid of these ventures. Let's make something here of where you're at. I believe in your cause. And they're like, hell yeah, thanks for the help. And she starts leaking secrets. Unbeknownst to her, she's leaking secrets to the Sabbat. <laughs> Those Bruha aren't normal Bruja. Right. And a few well, a few maybe, but they're they're mostly Well, I shouldn't say mostly. A chunk of them are Sabat. And this does wrest control from the Ventru. But then she's like, Oh God, you're Sabat. How do I Oh God, if that gets back to the clan, well fuck it. I'm here. What do I do? Baladin's still coming. We gotta figure it out. And she gets to warring with Baladin's chantry that he has established with these Bruja, like directing the Sabat over there and they're used, one's using the other, gets very dodgy, and basically the end of the rainbow, as I'm doing blow for blow, is Vienna gets sick of it. Vienna straight up is like, let me get this straight. This girl, you can't bring back Manchester Chantry. You're an embarrassment. Right, It'll be handled. Right. But they, how they tell you that is, what happens between her and Balding comes to kind of a, a no, there's no decisive victory one, one side or the other. It's sort of like Venture lost, the Bruhar there, the Sabat are railed against the Chimir uh, the Chantry locking them down, and they're kind of frozen there. And Manchester sends word to Vienna, Vienna says nothing. For like a good 60 years, I think they said nothing. And then finally they get a missive, creepily, and Vienna's like, We'll take care of Coventry. That's all they say. And then what do you know? She mysteriously disappears. We're not saying instant, but no one hears hide nor hair of her again. And you gotta understand, the Sabat hate this woman because she killed they give her credit for killing her rival in the sabbat there's a dude i believe his name was spencer i want to say it was like spencer's brood or spencer's group that was the sabbat that spader spader i think it is like despite what she's what's going on how good she may or may have not done we don't have a stronghold boom you're gone she's gone the sabbat run roughshod over the chantry she had forcing Baladin and the remnants of the tremere to take hold in some Uh, The current modern chantry, which I forget, I think is...
0: no. So, that's a little little bit off. Uh, The war between Coventry and Baladin continued for 30 years, like you were talking about. Uh, Coventry was perpetually thwarting attacks from the Sabbat, and she found it increasingly difficult to distinguish Baladin's attacks from those of the Black Hand. Baladin had his own problems with the Sabbat, and he had trouble maintaining control, etc. As a result, he paid a little, little attention to the Boston Malkavians, except to draft them into the foray against the Sabbat. When Ballard was discovered dead in his Chantry library, it was assumed by most that Coventry was responsible. However, the sudden appearance of a Malkavian prince put those rumors to rest.
1: So it says the power vacuum created by the overthrow of the Ventrue initiated a power struggle between the Salem Tremere and a band of Sabbat from Maine. The Sabbat band was known as the Springer Brood after its founder and leader. And Springer's the guy that told her she better get out. Or else, mm-hmm. you know, classic cheese, right? You're you're gonna die if right. you stay around here. And she was like, "Yeah, whatever," and kept doing what she's doing, which is trying to wrest control from everybody. And strangely, he disappeared. And it's assumed by the sabat that she deoperized him. That's why they can't find him, right? But no one's to test her, you know. And Balin can't right. calm her down and, to test her.
0: And she ain't around no more to talk about it anyway.
1: Exactly. And that's when that shit goes south. For the chimer.
0: So then we talk about the Wingate Initiative. <laughs> and uh that is the uh Ventru squabbling out of control. Uh, they take the opportunity to seize Rhode Island from the Bruja. After the Civil War, the swift migration of sabbat packs through central New England.
1: We can I can abbreviate, I could right. save you some breath here. So what the Wingate Initiative is is the first ever uh conclave right that's called in print. Like the first ever let's have a meeting, we gotta discuss what's going on. How are we going to handle this? Talk about a seven-day meeting. Well, it took seven days. I didn't intend that. And the first three days was a lot of blame game between the Venture and the Tremere about what happened and who should have control or whatever. And then out of nowhere, this Nosferatu bird shows up. Until this point, no one in all of New England has seen any more than one single Nosferatu. But when this Nosferatu shows up, with all these other Nosferatu, it kind of splits stuff wide open. It brings to light. Because what this conclave is discussing Is which elders should exist in a primogen council that covers all of New England? Right. Now we mentioned several states that sit in New England.
0: Right. And typically, your primogen council is going to reside over a city. Right. Not not an entire region.
1: Why it's unique is because it showcases that the prince is not necessarily the top; doesn't have to be. And in this situation, it's going to be tri-state—you know, more than three—but you know, multi-state initiative for a primogen council. They want the top influential elders to bring this to heal, to cool this out, and have princes. But the princes in the area know they'll, well, I won't say fealty, but we'll say that they best get along with the primogen assigned by this Justicar, because that's that's what it took. The Justicar's arrival comes in, smashes this whole bickering that was going on between everybody, and they establish the top elders of the area to go ahead and form this primogen initiative. Right, And they call it the Wingate Initiative.
0: And uh, where does Operation Longbow come into this? Because uh, we we are introduced to Warwick. Right. And Warwick is a, a a pretty powerful Nosferatu elder. And he comes in and establishes the web, yeah. which, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of getting an idea here for the first time how, like, a network of Nosferatu would work, especially over a, a, a wide swath, a wide area of, of land. Um and they talk about some of the other Nas Fratu, and um, so this this is all about a g- like geographical invasion, right? Straight up by basically British Camarilla.
1: Well, well, it's more than that, right? You have oh, because the Wingate Initiative, the Anarchs tried mm-hmm. to get involved in this, but there was so such turmoil they were squashed. Because naturally, right. if you weren't picked as a member of the Primogen Council. You got guff. Pissed off you weren't selected. For sure. They tried to form their own anarchs. Bye. Bye. Right. You know, just scars just handle it and call it a day. i not having your bullshit here. But you still have factions. You have the Camarilla vying for territory. You have the Sabbat vying for territory. You still have a strong contingent of Brujah that are still in these areas. Yes. Doing what they do. And you have the Lupines involved in vast sections of these states.
0: Yeah. Because most of these places are small pockets of population, followed by large tracts of forest and uh, uninhabited areas.
1: Going all the way up to Canada. I mean, right. It's, right. Especially like area.
0: like Maine. Maine is ridiculous. Um, but all these places, you know, you have, you know, all these little states that are just large quantities of forest.
1: And you were saying, so you got, you got the Longbow Initiative. Right. Where, you know, Warwick gets this idea that he's going to keep tabs on all of it. All of it. He's going to create these spies everywhere to give him an edge on all things that are going on. Right. That he may be considered just one primogen that's kind of overseeing whatever, but he will know the dirt on every single person, and nobody does anything without Warwick's permission. That's one way or the other. Whether they realize it or not, he pulls the strings. He runs the show. And this gives him immense power, clearly.
0: Right. And at this point, we're all the way up to, like, the 1900s. They talk about the web... Uh, Their first task was to take over, take control of Rhode Island, uh, take control of their underground sewer network. And um, how Warwick created a living metropolis under the streets and is its undisputed overlord, Um, which, I mean, is pretty ridiculous. And they talk about this web and the web is is really probably one of the most deeply far reaching information networks in print.
1: The idea is that people have that they have these warrens where the Nosferatu have Shreknet, and it's these supercomputers they're all connected to, and all the supercomputers give them all the info they need. Eh, probably all the supercomputers, someone in that brood who uses that computer is connected straight to the web, and most of the information you're getting, more likely than not, is coming out of New England, because right. it has to go to New England. Warwick didn't settle just for New England, he made a cross-country... And attempt at an international at a point there's some people they drop later supplements that just show how vast this web is
0: right and and these three individual we'll we'll get there's three individuals three elders that have come across the the pond as (laughs) it were and it's uh warwick it's biltmore and pendragon these three consist of the triad um each member uh, of those is called a lord they're not called princes they're called lords uh biltmore actually at this point in the story in the storyline canon for white wolf is the prince of boston and then we have pendragon the ridiculous
1: bruh. undisputed psychopath pendragon is oh my god it's like a vampiric my fangs are sharpened by this dude yeah in terms of a stiffy this dude is badass. Pendragon's a guy written who is absolute. He's a bruja who says, and I quote, I will crush these Sabbat nothings, these pieces of trash, these colonists underfoot. How dare they leave the empire? So much so, he comes across the pond and brings his redcoats, brings his chilled, and mm-hmm. like his price children are just... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Iron-fisted super spies and what have you, and their sole task, Pendragon tells them, by any means necessary, you win the war with the Sabat and you get them out of these colonies. Right. And the Camarilla can't do squat about it. They write in this book how all the cities are looking, and you gotta remember the Sabat are not fucking around. No. They're like north and south in this territory, just tearing it up. Just like you every psychopathic wet dream sabat NPC pack of storyteller wants to have, throw it in this book, you're right to do it. And, and, you're, and you're still not as bad as Mowgli's order right I mean these people are running roughshod getting it done and we'll get to Mowgli in a minute but but Pendragon he breaks the masquerade and he forces this network of primogen to cover it up and they're in that the network's like hey Justicar is like this Pendragon dude and the Justicar say this and I quote better him at the helm for with the Sabbat doing what he has to do than us or you Right, absolutely. Lash the pit bull uh, and, and let them have a meal.
0: And it's it's really interesting too that they talk about these three lords, these each members of the triad. They they have this thing called the Zurich Accords, right. where basically they have a set of rules that allows them to continue to operate, you know, with each other. Right. To sort of, I guess, trust each other but based on these rules these very strict these <laughs> very like like they had to sit down like warring nations and be like all right you have to have an ambassador in my camp i have to have an ambassador in your camp you know we all have to f- obey these tradition
1: well because you're probably thinking too you i mean you those listening in remind name i mean you know this but you know why pendragon's a badass right because he's bringing that obvious physical might right and, and control you know why Warwick's a badass, because there's all that influential power whatever. Those two going at it is already a nightmare. What's Biltmore? Unpredictable, chaotic power. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they know it. Biltmore has people around him that he calls his knights. And and they, they serve him. They really, truly believe they're knights. And I believe Biltmore is even one of them. Like, he has children that are knights, too. He has all
0: these fucking people that hang around him that <laughs> that, that, like... His big thing is he's shrouded in in mystery, right? That nobody knows who his alliances are with. Nobody knows the the people that that he surrounds himself with. Uh, they- I
1: was thinking of Quentin King. That's the one he crowned as prince, right? And that's what we were, That's why I was getting faded on, because Quentin King the third is is a knight of Biltmore, or not of Biltmore's. But Quentin King the third establishes knights for Biltmore, and that's where his pull comes from. Right, he
0: he he. Basically, he Biltmore is the power behind the throne. Yes, he's he's calling the shots, but f- from the shadows
1: with his crazy lovers, his right. two crazy lovers he has. I mean, if you think about it, they are tr- there a trio, not malkavian elder brood that's nightmarish unto itself, right? Where I think one girl is rainbows and lollipops and beautiful, and everything's great, and the other one is the world is a dark place, things are bad, I'm terrible. Biltmore's in love with both of them, like a personality to to each of them. And those two are trying to kill each other. But no, they can't really kill each right. other because they'll hurt Biltmore. Biltmore secretly wants to do away with both of them. Right. And but it, can't.
0: It, the, the real, like, the climate here is one of you have these three powerful elders, and you have all of their agents, and their constant desire to undermine the natives that live there, the kindred that came before them, basically they're there. They exist to exert control
1: over the backdrop of we got lupines launching raids, baby. Right? We can't drive. It's it's like whatever. Like like less than a hundred miles to get from one city to the other by how close they're on to each other. But that's a hundred miles of straight sovereign werewolf territory, Jack. Good luck. Right.
0: And, and what is what is this this third city book? This third official like full length city book. It's showing us that once again, vampires exist in this little bubble with war going on all around them. They're existing in like this, uh, this sort of uh, cloaked kind of uh, like we're all, we're all very nice and kind to each other. We're all, we're all very, no, it's not that at all. It's it's they're all involved in a war constantly.
1: I like to think that vampires highlight the fact of where the idea probably came from. Oh. If you think of the goths in the goth club, or any social group in the goth club, we'll keep it goth punk here, and and they're in there. You're gonna have one person who everybody gravitates to is a goth's goth, mm-hmm. and they listen to his or her every word, and they have a power click, which is like your permission council, related to, and they're the people to know and the people to hang out with and people to be with. Well, within that club, they're god, right? it's you live or die by them because mm-hmm. that's your social click that's what goes on and you could live a thousand lifetimes there countless relationships countless structure bumps up you're on top you're on the bottom you get help you get dissed you're embarrassed you're you're elated all manner of, of memories and whatnot can be built in one club with that one social group for a lifetime of memories and white wolf is saying that's how vampires view a city they don't need to live that city they can be immortal in that one city and look what could happen. That's, you know what I mean? Right. And that's what they're looking at, that like Boston, man, you can focus on Boston and you should. Right. At some point and really get down, like, why did the Giovanni have a hold there? We'll get into that later. They actually outline that in the Giovanni clan book a bit. But here they're saying that the look at the populace that erupted around here. And why are they involved? Why did the Venture get a stranglehold here of power? Why was it so influential and important? Well, the mortals made it influential and important. Right, you know they have ports there. People come there. You know that's that's the point. It's where the blood was, and then the Bruja whooped that venture ass with the sabat and and got them out of there, and then you you hit the Giovanni, the Giovanni the whole time. are like, yeah, baby, good spot. We don't have to leave. You do, right? And that's, but that's what you know. Not to stop. I mean, your role there. I didn't mean to slow that role, but that's you're right. Right. This is the first city book that says, don't be afraid to have political chaos. All sides sharpening their knives. I mean, you could do, you could do coterie from one group or another and kind of go through that route. You could do a mixed coterie where one, two or three people are going. man, we got to calm this down. I mean, this is crazy. Right. You know, well, your Camarilla dudes who allegedly are movers and shakers will help keep the riffraff off you, but you help us kind of navigate these waters. And by the way, neither side can get found out that can still yeah, be a absolutely
0: uh, and like they talk about how you have these groups of uh, of resistance these pockets of resistance against the web against the the triad um you have the gemini league which are these disenfranchised venture who uh are essentially ineffectual in a lot of ways and they're they're not seen as much of a threat but they're led by a prince that should tell you like you know the, the the power that these three elders have over this region uh is really uh, told by the fact that there's a prince that leads a resistance group exactly um, we have the kindred of liberty that reside in the boston KOL. uh that that exist in secret uh because you know they talk about how biltmore has g- gloats over the fact that uh, you know boston he's able to you know completely subjugate his subjects
1: and- I can't, dude, that's terrifying. Right. You're used to playing a Bruja that goes out and have your meetings and your parties and what have you. Now replace them vampires. Like, I forget what territory he has, but like, I think Boston had a populace of 60 vampires. If Biltmore had that Boston area, it would be 60 of his Bruja. or we'll, we'll put it more in better terms, 50 of his Bruja plus him, including in that. And then the rest would be whatever 10 poor bastards think they could be in the city. And every time you go out your door at night you're escorted by redcoats to where you can feed and can't feed.
0: Right. And then we have, of course the crimson tide, <laughs> which, uh, are a, uh, Sabat group that, uh, that actively works against Pendragon and they use his own, his own tactics. And Pendragon, like you said, is a, he's a psycho. He's a, he's a Straight solid up. state psycho and they do the same thing. Um, Pendragon is the type of person that, uh, instead of blood hunting his rivals he'll just go one night and burn down their haven himself. to me pendragon is uh the dude from the crow <laughs> yes you know you know who i'm talking about i don't remember the the name of the character but he's like the main, the main bad villain. guy yep. right like that's to me that's pendragon that just like eh, fuck it you know it's time to burn down the city why eh, seems like a thing to do i need the insurance money
1: it's organized there's right. a purpose but I think the one quintessential difference between him and that villain is the fact that he is doing it for the Camarilla. Right. But he believes in the Camarilla so hard and so strong that that's his Bruja passion. And he gets to exert it as that elder. But what happens when you run across the Sabbat? Well, for the most part, he kills them. And he beats the shit up until he runs into two groups. Uh, first one is uh, Mowgli's Order. Um, it's easily one of my favorites. And then the second one, well, let me get into Mowgli's Order real quick. Mowgli is basically a child-embraced gangrel anti-tribute. I don't even really need to explain how that happened. I mean, they needed, when when the Sabotany numbers, they will get <laughs> They're numbers. They're going to get them. <laughs> and that's that. But Mowgli's the type of cat, he's the cream that rose to the crop. Where everyone expects a kid to die out. He's like Laddie from the Lost Boys. If Laddie right. got to have a life, he would figure it out. In order for me to live, I got to drink blood. Well, then you dead. You know, I, I got to continue. Except Mowgli believes in using Uzis. <laughs> you know what i mean he believes it freaks me out but it's awesome he he has them he uses them and it, and it makes sense because uh pendragon and mowgli start the most famous battle ever mowgli had a group of gang girl anti-tribute with him where he was showing these guys these cats how to survive in this area dealing with pendragon and the camarilla typical fashion and pendragon launches this ambush and it's at bloodsbrook it's this location in actual brook that is the bloodiest battle in Camarilla history as the book puts it down at this point. And it's just all out carnage. We're talking bits of people everywhere. Masquerade broken so bad. You just called in the, you, you, there was no way for anybody to just say that there wasn't a war out here. It was guts and blood in a brook bubble, literally bloody brook is right, what happened. Right. And that's when, that's when people took notice and were like, fuck. And so the call went out, Hey, guess what? You, you primogen start covering Pendragon shit up. You, you can't just let that and <laughs> right. think we're going we to come get that dude. Right.
0: We can't just, like, let this guy rend the masquerade. Because
1: Pendragon is the ends justify the means, and that's exactly what the Sabbat is. And you can only fight ends justify the means people with ends justify the means people. You can't half measure that shit. And so they got to grind their axe, But this, this, like, stalemates their influence. Neither half can get a full control over it. To make it worse, there's another Sabbat group where it's, uh, I think it's, what's his name? the native american skeleton there it is skeleton's rangers that's his name yeah
0: yep. skeleton's rangers
1: now skeleton has rangers where they're they're bruja they're bruja anti-tribute and skelton has been fighting pendragon in the camarilla since since the very beginning but even he admitted he's not as bloody as mowgli but these are the smart guys these are those packs that are established in the area who are like cool mowgli's going all out and by the way mowgli's a type of sabbat where you go to tell him what he can and can't do he's at your throat as a quiz what group of sabat is is that? What sabat ideal does that represent politically?
0: I didn't uh, I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry I said sorry. <laughs> so. If
1: Mowgli is willing to oppose any Sabat who decided to tell him what to do, well, what faction does he belong to in the Sabat?
0: Oh, he's a loyalist.
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. And this is where you see the Sabat kind of work against itself. Right, absolutely. Because Skelton's Rangers are like, man, play it cool. Go down low. We'll hit him where it hurts. And Mowgli said, fuck that. He's subjugating people and he's trying to tell me that I'm my turf because Mowgli's ridden with that beast. He's accepted being a vampire, right? And so he's there teaching. He's like a paragon for the Gingro anti-tribute surviving in the area and dealing with lupines and whatnot. And Skeleton's not. Skeleton's a Sabbat. Like he's, he's established coven going, right. There's a way to do this. And that feral ferocity represented, you can't, you can't cage it and you got to let it happen. And that's what makes that a dynamic thing, Right. Add this to the Gemini League. Right. They're trying to squirrel their way in. Right. They, and,
0: you know, they represent uh, what we'll, we'll get into as we go on. Like, all the things that we're talking about now, we're basically getting into in the next chapter here. Right. Uh, th- this goes over all these different relationships. They talk about the triad. They talk about uh, um, some other characters that are involved. Um, they talk about Biltmore, Quentin King the Third. They talk about Selena um, and all these things, like Selena is a character that you'll you'll hear about a lot. Both in this book, you'll hear it in other books. And They talk about a, a relationship with uh, Tyler of Bolingbroke and the formation of the Sabbat, things of that nature. And
1: honestly, read Selena, I mean, in relation to this book too. Whatever yeah, it is, what it is,
0: um, they talk about the the triad, some more about uh, the intrigue, and and like a good city book does. They talk about all of these individual groups and their relationships with one another. They talk about the, the Gemini League and Upton Rollins, the president.
1: Upton the III. Right. Uh,
0: they talk about uh, the unaligned or non-aligned kindred, the followers of Set. They talk about their resistance and uh, the different relationships that each of these... Man, I'm uh, telling
1: you, we could sum this up, that if you heard none of the podcasts own oh, none of the books... I absolutely agree to own this book. Yeah, absolutely. You own this because any flavor story launch, city launch, hey, I want to be a character who's related to a sire. What's a good infamous sire? What's a good pack to belong to? What's a good pack structure? What's a pack example? You know, how do we deal with lupines in the area? How do we deal with mortals? What's a good history to have? Every flavor and concept of the rainbow, it's like White Wolf got hit by lightning and said, I give you glory. And here's this book.
0: Right, we're gonna we're gonna go over all you know all the different relationships. So you'll find all that in this book, and it's it would be an hour long conversation just to talk about these intricacies. <laughs> this is something you definitely want to read on your own. Then uh, in chapter four, we get to the kindred. We get to like the meat and potatoes, the characters here. We talk about the Bruja, Roman Pendragon. We talk about Jacques Serac uh and pug <laughs> jackson from the uh kindred of liberty
1: here's what's cool a lot of these characters they use in the novels yeah like pug jackson absolutely use in the novels in a weird way though like the kindred of liberty end up being in the fall of atlanta that's later on in the novel but they're mentioned in there and that anthology they put out you know where they started getting into their right. canon characters and writing them places in their in their in their books and that's pretty cool they have him in there too
0: yeah and then they go on to talk we talk about the malkavians and then the six knights that you had mentioned before that uh um serve quentin king the third and basically uh i always thought that that all this was kind of wacky because it's like knights of the round table shit um but some people are into that
1: But i'm gonna tell you it's it's not about knights of the round table when you read that Mm -hmm. it's the hopelessness of of insanity they're made by Quentin King III, and Quentin King III has them convinced they're these things. I'm not going to say he did on his own, but somehow these people came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And these people swear fealty to him, and that they're not going to fail him. And yes, they believe they're knights of the round, but that's how they justify their humanity. Their insanity, it helps them. Their, their deranged minds say that if we're knights, we get to cling to being human, you know? So, cause they say, uh, so what is it, what is that saying? That's saying to survive my humanity, to cling to my humanity is to make a beast of man. Something like that. You makes a beast of himself.
0: Right. Gives up the pain Ain't, of being a man.
1: That's exactly what I was uh, to it. But that quote is everything related to that. And that's why I think if you look at it from that light, join me in that. And you'll see, it would be very hard. Like, sure. One, one of those is a woman and she calls herself Lancelot. Mm-hmm. You better take that to heart. Right. Whether you, whether you think she's a Mount Cavan or not, what is Lancelot according to the, to the history?
0: he's like the best guy with sword he's
1: steadfast like, unyielding loyal to a fault
0: probably sleeps with your wife
1: right, well, right. <laughs> seriously okay maybe but the fact is doesn't fail right undefeated he's everything a knight wants to be right
0: he's uh he's troy he's uh
1: but if you're some brouhaha punk who's laughing at that man i'm gonna smash you with this bat and she owns you <laughs> right. right but what if she didn't own you with fists what is it what if it's in her own mind and she somehow imprinted that in that Bruja.
0: Well, that's the cool thing about this book is they show you how really incredibly frightening the Malkavians can be. And all the city books up until now do a really good job of that, of showing you, I think, that they make up for how terrible the Malkavian clan book will be when we review it. <laughs> um, but th- it really does a lot of good to show you like how utterly disturbing these malkavian can be how utterly uh how sowing chaos is their job
1: right Un- unintentionally really they're right, tragic right. they're tragic they're trying to survive like any other vampire but with all that conflict they find it hard enough to maintain a cohesive i'm not saying that they're like completely always chaotically insane but they're off the deep end every single one of them it's in, it's in what capacity when they have to be right
0: it is it is the curse uh then we move on to the Nosferatu. Uh, we have uh, Warwick, of course. We have uh, Kurt Dench, who was a member of the German Polizei. I remember
1: one time playing Sabat Pack, and I remember it was a game you ran, and I was playing this badass, uh, Caden was his name, mm-hmm. and I rivaled, I was rivaling Archbishop Domingo de Polonia. I wanted to be that guy. Yeah, yeah and I definitely remember on. that character. And I remember going through that area, because we were nomadic, and Warwick showed up, and he showed up because I just smashed some pack. I don't even remember what it was. It wasn't just me. I say, like I jumped out and tendrilled it up, but my pack handled it and we did it ruthless. There was no question. We diaborized the dude. That was the, that was the prize for, for meeting the level of brutality that builds my name. Right. And I'm a Sombra. We move on and Warwick like knocked on the window. I remember it was like just before dawn. And he was like, Hey, here's a map. You want to go that way. Don't ever come back. This is your one. <laughs> and tapped a wolf claw on the window. And there was like a throng of Nosferatu, the way he described it all around the vehicle. And I was like, I'll be back for you. And he was like, I know you will. And I know you're heading there and point he's not there. Brighten up. It disappeared. <laughs> and I was like, as Bob, I was like, fuck.
0: You know what I mean? My character's <laughs> dumb, power in her voice. is like, I'll
1: be back for your blood. But really, it was like, that motherfucker knew where I was going and what I was about. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I said, that shit was boss. Right? That's Warwick.
0: I, I I've always enjoyed doing that in games. I've always enjoyed, like, the... You know, not using these characters as a focal point, but right. using them as like like a a special guest. <laughs> you know, they like like you know, so the players are like, dude, was that who I think it was? Yeah, <laughs> like we're still gonna do what we were gonna do, but as a player, I'm kind of a little apprehensive now.
1: But when you have kindred lore, you should know of couple you know infamous yeah, right. kindred according to the the common history. Right. Or even even you know who Kane is and you get into that. Right. But when you hear something like that, ah, to War of Lord war, well, to Lord 4, Warwick should be a name in there. Yeah, absolutely. At a four level. Like there's a rumor, there's a dude who and, and, runs it. And
0: that's that's like a really perfect example, too, because we weren't playing a New England game. Nope. We just happened to be playing uh, in a you know nomadic pack.
1: We were coming from Montreal and went really erratic with it. Right. Traveling that nomad life right and coming through there
0: Whew. and and that's the thing like you know you as your pack you're like fuck it we'll do whatever we want but there's a world around you too you know the and, and think of the nasferatu barking game um, i'm i'm nasferatu b who's outside the fucking gas station because my retainer works here right and i got nothing better to do than hang out here because <laughs> i get to see every car that comes in and out of the fucking city oh shit that dude's got a civil war jacket on and All of his fucking friends have shotguns and he he looks like he just walked out of a grave. I'm going to get on my cell phone. Hey, you know, and and so on and so on and so on until the point where something happens and someone pays you a visit and goes, we know you're here. We know what you're about. Fuck on.
1: Right. We're not here to stop you, but stop making a headache for us. Right. Move on. Right. Because right
0: now we're cordial, but in a moment we're not going to (laughs) be. Uh moving on from there, I mean the Nasferatu in and of them themselves, they they don't put a lot of them in here. It's for you to fill out for sure.
1: Because for the most part, they make a point. Mass populist Nasferatu ran by a badass. Right. Move on. Right.
0: Uh we move on to the Torador, but I mean they're they're the Torador.
1: I need to hammer this home We keep kind of shitting on the Torador. Left and ranks, there's not much to say. But honestly, when you think of vampire, and I think evil, I always make this distinction. They're the they have the easy life. They're the beautiful ones with the money and everybody loves them and you could be them. And all oh man, the people get out of their hands. And that you know, you say that, but Tordor have a horrible tragedy, and I'm really tied to the Tordor and, and that passion of that clan. We'll get into that Tordor clan book if we don't get into it sooner with a supplement book that I'm not thinking off the top of my head, but I'm almost positive their clan book hammers that home first. And I want to save that treasure.
0: Yes, don't be dismissive of the Tordor like Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> be dismissive of the tremere uh no but the tremere uh as well the tremere had their day yes and that's that's basically what they're hammering home here is that there's like a dude you know his name's john he's all right he's a pretty cool guy but the tremere have had their day the tremere fucked up lost lost control they've been basically ousted from the new england area they're
1: the survivors right they're the people who are like yeah we fled the chantry that coventry was in after it got ran over right there's,
0: and, there's more, they, and they talk about like a, there's a lot of witches covens in, in this area too, <laughs> you know, use them as you see fit. I mean, this is the perfect geographic location for that, but, uh, you're going to find more of those than you are Tremere.
1: What is that Rob Zombie movie called? Was it called Salem? Witches of Salem. I never saw it. The witches of Salem. I want to tell you that if you're going to run new England from a witch's angle, watch the witches of Salem. Not only is it pretty trippy, it absolutely gives you showcases because this obviously, that movie came out way after this book, but that movie showcases step by step how the how the town views it as a level of uh, money making, right? Come to Salem, check out the witch burnings and what happened. Here's all these new age shops that they have here. It's very touristy. Here's witch graves and sites, but more importantly, it also gives you a cool story about an actual witch history that is the plot of the movie that really easily translates to being, oh yeah, that's some ghouls of right, a Chantry, and are right. trying to see if this this broad fits.
0: And, uh, you know, the, th- the really important thing, too, to, to understand here is that you're going to see, like, there's the Tordor, the Tremere, the Ventru. There's only one character in each of those. That's because those characters are kind of the linchpins of those clans. It's not to say there's only one Ventru in all of New England. They leave it for you, the storyteller, to iron that stuff out. You're going to make those those coteries those cities
1: when you hear the name pendragon if you can't if you read pendragon you can't think of a character that would exist in his army that wars to the Camarilla against the sabbat and you can't think of a concept i don't know what's going to take to move your creative juices when it comes to that you're going to play sabbat but what type of sabbat you got Mowgli's order you got Skeleton's rangers those are great groups to come up in in this area if you're going to use this book right you want tremere no better tremere than playing that rising star who's going to bring back that Coventry level of attempt to control, right? Who's going to bring back the power that Shamir had. Or out of the Gemini League, you're that venture who figured out how to get all of them to dance to your tune. Maybe you choose ally with the Giovanni. What if your Giovanni decides we want more than Boston? I mean, one character per group or whatever is more than enough to seed in your mind how to get this going. Right. How to make a background.
0: Right. And then, of course, we're going to move into the Sabbat. We're going to talk about uh, Jack Skeleton, which we already discussed, and Mowgli. Um, both of those, as you said, basically the the two sides of the coin to the Sabbat mentality as far as those, uh, uh, the war is going on with the triad, with the Camarilla as a whole. And either one of those, you're going to have the, if you wanted to run a Sabbat game, right? if you wanted to run uh, strictly a uh, Sabbat on either side of the coin here, there should be plenty of opportunity for your players and for you to make packs that fit in either of those, uh, those ideals.
1: I mean, hell, I did a group where it was Camarilla who were trying to, they were archons even, and they were trying to live, exist in New England, follow orders, chasing after a Red List member. You know, mm-hmm. take that off the plate of what they're already dealing with in New England. And they got chewed up. They got chewed up. I gave them, oh, yeah, yeah. I gave them starting archon stats, true, but then I beefed up the more experienced players to kind of pull them together and give that little diversity. Everyone's cool with that. I got a cool troop for that, and when they started going out, they were just blown away. Like they were meeting characters, like Mowgli's Order, Sleepy Town, um, a, a sleepy area in Boston, um, at night. It's like a, it's on the outskirts, little curio area. You could see it. It's kind of off the wharf, and it's all where they're they're staging the ground because they took a boat in did it smart no one's taking a plane we're not going to just hoodwink you there they get off the boat and off the bat they got sabat staring at him and it but they don't know it's sabat truly they think it's a bunch of gangrel because you got a couple wolves in the distance with that yellow eyed effect being gleam in the distance there's a bat overhead for whatever reason and uh this dude gets a gets an owl that's just perching on a branch staring at him almost every step he goes all the way up to his car and it's the rental car they had planned Right. That effect was just one pack. It's Mowgli's Order, and they're checking out who's the fresh fish, who the hell just came in. And then immediately after they all met up and got in their car, Pendragon's Hit Squad launched an attack on Mowgli's Order right there in the docks and interrupted. Like they were using Dragon's Breath rounds. They came at him with stakes. They didn't give a shit. They were frenzying, overturned cars, whipped trash can lids, um, dumpster throwing, all sorts of insanity as the Archon pack drives like the devil to get out of the area, to start phoning in influence on what needs to be done to quell the masquerade in the area, to have one calm, cool customer tell them, oh, it's, it's a Tuesday night. Don't worry about it. Smogly, where you shouldn't be. Just get to where you go. We set you up at the hotel. Who are you? It doesn't matter who I am. You're welcome. Right.
0: And uh, what they do here, too, in this book, uh, they basically they split this down the middle. So the first part, part, uh, part, first part, first part of the book which is what we just discussed goes over all of the details of those regions book 2 is uh it's 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 like our favorite thing about books i think right modules it's like our favorite our favoriteest thing in right, the whole no, world no, it's not. yeah so book 2 is all modules it's uh stories that take place in and around the uh the the area that we're talking about uh, the only uh, in and around the new the only one
1: fun one and it's kind of a crossover right it's where it talks about what what did she do with that earth fragment i mentioned mm-hmm. back in the day or what is somebody doing with that earth fragment in a particular chantry and what are the lupines doing with it because it's a vampire lupine thing right that is going on with it and it could be cool it just depends on what you want to do i just always hate that because i feel that more mystery could have been written into this that said you the player decide what it is right
0: i i uh, uh I distinctly am not a fan of modules. I don't put my players through them anymore. But we'll
1: we'll, we'll step up and we'll say this. Um, Both of us are very good storytellers, very experienced, own flavor, own style, but very much see a lot of things eye to eye. And the stuff that we don't, it's just different flavor. That's all it is. But we unanimously get this one effect. It's okay for us to admit we're good. However, I will be the first to tell you that if you have – deer legs just baby deer legs walking into any game that's what the modules for, right
0: and and i don't want to seem smug or like i'm better than modules but we've been doing this for a really long time so to to like go through a step-by-step module is something we're we're just it's going to be a put off for someone that's new to this game this is great this has two different modules in it for you to run in this region so if you're inspired right it it's it's half a book I mean, for sure, it's at least 50 or 60 pages worth of story that you can run with your players through this area to help you get a feel for the region.
1: And we haven't discussed it, but if you're not getting it from, because it's a radio and I understand that, they're doing this work. It's almost story card index card by index card, scene by scene. Yeah. So if you wanted to take the time to write up scene by scene and you're brand new to the game, because I'm thinking of old Miles, right? I'm always thinking back to that, because we didn't open up with a question this time. But I, we forgot to do that, I think. But uh, I'm thinking back to old Miles, or more. Let me let me defend that. We didn't forget. I think we were excited because we should have had this up and going <laughs> earlier. And guys, for us, we're doing this at one in the morning. Yeah, we, this is the Friday. latest we've ever
0: recorded about podcast. The latest
1: ever. We were we normally do this about three in the afternoon and get done by right. five.
0: If it seems hasty, it's it's not. It's just late.
1: So that's a, a strange circumstance to miss the questions. And if uh, we can, if Nate can pull them up at the end, we'll, we'll include we'll, it. We'll
0: but, we'll double back next week okay there you go we'll be okay
1: but i think back to old miles when i think of this book because he asked us a pretty cool question last time right right and you know how do i get them involved what do i do whatever well this module is an awesome thing for miles because if miles wanted to run new england he needed those ideas this would be the game to do it with right and and index card it out
0: and it's and that's a really important thing for a new new storyteller And, and we have to remember that essentially when this book came out when all these city books came out even the concept of a storyteller as opposed to like a dungeon master or a game master, even those words have different connotations. So people weren't necessarily familiar with the the difference between being a storyteller and guiding your player's, through the story that you're trying to tell and
1: being a dungeon master right
0: and just being like uh yeah there's three vampires in the corner roll 10 d10 it's you know it's it's a different pros- different process different prospect and not to take anything away from people that dm but you're kind of more like the quest giver
1: on the real a dungeon master is like the computer that you would have for a council game
0: yeah, it it's good. it's be. already
1: cookie cut out. I'm not trying to insult them, but that's a lot of brain power to do that. But they get all the computations right. very fast. They get all the NPCs very fast, right? And they're all uniform and they're all used one type of way. And you shouldn't deviate because people have an expectation, right? Because they, they counter they, level. They that.
0: have more of a book of rules to combat. It's it's a quest by quest thing. You yeah. know, and you to go add- to town, you turn in your quest. Now you go fight the lich in the dungeon.
1: There you go. You, you know, whatever. But add that punk level to it. And that's where White Wolf comes in. And they're like, you know what? All the greatest stories ever are just what we're doing right now. Right. We're sharing experiences. But yeah, we can just tag rules to it to help people kind of get involved in the scene and tell their story. But if you think about it, this thing of ours, this vampire, the masquerade, it's co-storytelling. It's one half player, one half storyteller. Absolutely.
0: And think about it like this. If you play more combat oriented games, you play... Dungeons and Dragons, things like that. When you talk about, you know, the, the most exciting moments that players have had, they'll tell you about the big fight, the big battle, the, you know, they jumped in and dropped a sword, you know, an axe on a dragon's right. head. If you talk to someone that plays a white wolf game, chances are they're going to tell you about the best scene that they ever had. And you won't ever hear about a knife being pulled or anybody being stabbed or.
1: They're talking about a betrayal from a lover that they thought was a lover but really that person was blood-bound and how they played all oh, so many game sessions this person you know got involved got in deep they right. had children it's like they, they did raise a vampiric child right things and what got so intense
0: like, you know great
1: that. things and those are lifetime changing memories
0: right that's that's the real difference here is that you you want to create scenarios that your players will remember and you'll remember You know, uh, and not because like, oh, man, I punched the shit out of this dude. You're going to punch a 100 people. (laughs) That shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be creating these really intense scenes, these really great moments that that your character, your players were able to create.
1: A great story tells itself. It's that simple. And what that means is, is that your players will sing the praises of the chronicle they're in. And if they do it from a clear concept of what their players were doing in your Chronicle, interacting with NPCs, you have built a legacy. And that's when you know you're good. And I absolutely believe that if you're new to gaming and you want to do this New England book and take that challenge, play a module or two or read through thoroughly the entirety of the book, including modules, get a feel and a flavor and have at it because that game is going to encompass everything. I mean, you can do... From the beginning, where it's just Coventry, getting to the states and what have you, have yeah, the players absolutely. all be a Tremere game? Move it up. You can do Elders coming in to that Conclave at the Wingate Initiative, and what they're going to do. To, to be a part of that what if they're part of oh my god that poor Anarch crew
0: right the the was, <laughs> kindred of liberty
1: no the anna crew were after wingate they're like oh, fuck yeah. you just the cars <laughs> we're gonna rule this our way and oh my god that'd be a great one-nighter
0: right absolutely there's a lot that you can do here and that's that's the one thing that you you have to remember that like we're we're not going to go over these modules no we're just not going to because at the end of the day i i feel we go over a module it's going to do a disservice that's a story for you to read and if you want to retell it to your players great but with all the stuff that's at the beginning and there is a crap load of supplemental material at the end of this book characters that you can use just you know little off the cuff a jock douchebag you know stuff like that
1: in short this book we feel minus the module still has value today absolutely it's still usable today absolutely and is a must go get it stop listening stop your car get on your phone buy it you can get it
0: for nine bucks on drive through rpg they're not paying us we just figured you should know that
1: and you won't regret it guaranteed
0: absolutely um so without further ado we're going to cut it there uh we definitely hope that you enjoy the podcast um we we love all the feedback keep it coming it's been absolutely great we are 10 percent to our goal to have our our own working functioning (laughs) computer um so please if you know anybody that's interested in this podcast or willing to donate that'd be great um we don't have advertisers we don't make any money doing this and frankly we don't make a lot of money period so anything you can do will help
1: and honestly for a hobby that he and i both thought we were just going to go through this and just you know we really wanted to take the effort and time we did over the 25 years of white wolf and vampire the masquerade we thought we were our own little echo chamber yeah basically to, to be political about it and then to find out that internationally this game has been embraced and loved and everybody loves hearing about it man keep us going keep it fueled
0: absolutely we've we felt it would be uh really nice to give some credit to uh the folks that have donated i won't go over the, the what they donated it's, no, it's not a little all. tacky but
1: uh honestly every little bit helps absolutely um and if you know if you can't donate we understand it's the times but yep. you know leave a comment you know that's support too
0: right absolutely just letting us know that you enjoy it, which all of you have, uh, you know, to some degree. Larry Flannery donated to us. Jonathan Reeves donated to us. Thank you very much. We got a donation from an anonymous source, although I know who it was, but they want to remain anonymous. Dan, and I'm probably going to butcher your last name, but I'm going to try anyways, Dan Velandingham, I think. Uh, i apologize i totally butchered <laughs> it but it says on behalf of the bchbn chronicle of owbn so one world by night it's a chronicle dan if you could send me a tweet and let me know where bhcbn is out of because i'm not familiar we with to it
1: boost your stuff as well like you know i'm not saying that you know what well, we do have fans and we want to make sure that you get mentioned in it as well you support us we want to help you out and actually we want to know what you're about with that organization I mean, it's no offense, I will state this, not every organization is kind of on the up and up, but we kind of feel that you guys, you know, for the love of you've shown, we want to give yeah, a little bit.
0: absolutely. We'd love, we'd love to give you some uh, some, some shout outs here. And then last but not least, of course, our friend Mark from Colorado, transplant, formerly from Illinois, <laughs> now old, in Colorado. Good old ribeye. Good old ribeye, our most recent donator. We definitely appreciate it. It uh, seems like you might be our only friend with a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to guilt anyone No, 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 here, no, 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 no. So-
0: <laughs> Just uh, our, our friends know we joke, and um, we, we'll rib them on our own time. But there definitely, Mark, we really appreciate your donation. It's really going to help us and out. And a
1: shout-out to Chris Tyke for giving us the temp loan. We appreciate oh, it for the PC so we can keep this going.
0: Absolutely. Burrito Mage on Twitter, please follow him. I'm sure he says very insightful things.
1: Uh, usually not smart guy, but if you like, <laughs> but if you like those smarms, he's the dude. He's
0: a gamer. He's really into mage. If you're really into mage, check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter too. We are at 25 years of VTM on Twitter. We are at 25 years of VTM on Twitter. Please follow us there. UtilityMuffinLabs.com. dot com. Also UtilityMuffinLabs on the Facebook. Check us out. Follow us. Share us with your friends. We love you guys. You are awesome. Thank you for being patient with us.
1: Before Nate leaves, next week, Clanbook Book Nosferatu. That's what's up next. Which is
0: awesome. Nosferatu, the unsung heroes of the vampire game. I love them. You love them. Your friends love them. Tune in. It's going to be an awesome podcast. Thank you for listening. Of course, once again, I am Nathan. And I'm Bob. And we'll see you next Friday.
1: Peace. You know what? I want to say ciao, Bella. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you go right ahead and you make yourself feel good. Ciao bella. The Holy Inquisition finds you guilty of heresy, and you and your descendants must be cleansed in blood.